Well, hello, friends. This is Pastor Frank, and welcome. So good when you come by. I, I like to spend time sharing with you, if you let me, about God's love for you. And by the way, I hope this is the Thanksgiving Day week, so to speak, and that's why I wanted to thank God today for His greatness, His goodness, His love for you and and for me. I mean, think about it. You look at the cross and how can you deny how much God loves you? You just can't do that. Well, God does love you that much. He suffered and died on a cruel cross to pay the price for your sin and mine. And I hope you know him as your Savior. But I have a special guest today I wanted to introduce to you. And I'd like you to... Mark Swallow is his name. He's a pastor. He's a preacher. And uh, he's graceful, though. He, he, he's not legalistic. He's, you can relax. He won't, he won't give you a hard time. He's a very nice guy, very friendly, and he loves the Lord, and that's what he likes to talk about. But Mark, uh, to introduce him to you, uh, he's a pastor, he's a minister, and he lives out in Hong Kong. Uh, I mean, he works in Hong Kong, and... Uh, it's something like once or twice a year he'll come back here and then go back to Hong Kong again, and he goes back and forth serving God where God has put him. But he wasn't born and he wasn't brought up in China or Hong Kong. He was brought up, he was brought up right here locally in this vicinity. And uh, I'd like to introduce him to you and Let's see what happens, friends. We'll ask him some questions and talk about things. Uh, we don't have anything planned. We like to just have fun, and that's what we're going to do right here on Grace Radio. And by the way, speaking of radio, Mark also is sharing and teaching the Bible on a good number of radio stations. I don't know how many. But anyway, first, let's do this, Mark. Introduce yourself to everybody. We're glad you Thank you for coming by to be with us. Thank you very much, Pastor Frank, and I really appreciate the opportunity. We've been friends for a number of years. Yes, so it's been a while. It has been a while. Time goes by so fast. Yeah, and I got older, you got younger. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> well, it doesn't look that way. You look younger and I look older. <laughs> no, you're looking great. And it's so good to see you again. I know, you know, if, if I can see you every once in a while, a couple of times a year, it's wonderful. But how does it feel to be back home here in the Massachusetts? It feels good. Yeah. In some ways, it feels like I never left, but in other ways, it feels like a long time. Yeah, we were but, gone for two full years because of a lot of the restrictions related to the COVID pandemic in Hong Kong. Right. So right. it made travel very difficult for us. Oh, but it's I good to be back that. in that regard, especially at uh, Thanksgiving. Wow, I know. And you know, with your parents and with people you know and you care about and love, it's so good. And your wife, too. I haven't met her yet, I mean, since you've come back this way. But hopefully I'll see her before you go back to Hong Kong. And that's a, that's a long ride, uh, by the way. I remember you told me it takes a long time to get from here to Hong Kong. And that's because you only go on a little raft. Is that how you do it? <laughs> <laughs> a raft in the sky. Yeah. Yeah, 16 hours door-to-door. Well, 16 hours airport door-to-airport door. Okay. Uh, so we have a direct flight between Boston and Hong Kong, and we try to take that, of course. Oh, that's good. And it delivers us in about 16 hours, sometimes a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit less. Depends that's on the wind. Great. great. 
Well, I know you 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 live in a different part of the world and a, a lifestyle wherever you are. It could be quite different. I don't know, but you will tell us whether it is or not. But the point is that uh, you're at home there. That's where God called you, and I know you're doing a great job. You're a great Bible teacher, and I'm sure uh, you have many people that look up to you and, 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 and appreciate what you teach. You're on a good number of radio stations now. Yeah, here in the United States we are, mm-hmm. coast to coast really, uh, and uh, that's been an honor to partner with these radio stations uh, to take the ministry of God Is, that's the name of the ministry, mm-hmm. on radio, and also we have the podcast as well. Right. And uh, so we're able to reach people both on the internet around the world and then here in the United States on multiple radio stations. Well, I don't know how you did it, but that's great. I remember when we first met, you were the green guy, and I was on the radio station. Now you're way ahead of me. Well, (laughs) I don't think I could ever be well ahead of you, (laughs) uh, given your years of experience. And I often say Pastor Frank is like the godfather of Christian radio in in the Boston area, for sure. Well, thank you for complimenting me and making me feel well. uh, Well, I love radio, as you do. And I'm so happy to have an opportunity to share the gospel wherever we go. And I I know you feel the same way. Indeed. And radio is still a very powerful way to share God's word, to share the gospel. I know podcasting and things are now on the internet a lot, but I would never dismiss the impact of Christian radio either. No, no. I agree with you 100%. Uh, Things have changed, though. Um, But we know we have to continue and get the word of God out, share the gospel wherever we can, and uh, God will lead us and guide us as we do that. Many good experiences, you meet many good people that way. Do you get many phone calls? I don't take phone calls, but I take, I get mail, both emails Mm -hmm. uh, online come to me regularly, and also even regular mail, snail mail, the old-fashioned way. A lot of people still do write that way to the post office box. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I know I still get mail, too, as much as I've had to cut back on many things. And I shared with you earlier that they just put me on another uh, station in New Hampshire uh, lately, and I feel good about that. And we're looking forward to Thanksgiving with the family, and I'm sure you are as well, and, and your wife as well. So good to see you. I'm glad that you're here for a while. Do you have any idea when you'll be going back yet? We do not. Yeah, it, does, it always depends on a couple of factors, health of parents here, health of my wife's parents there in Hong Kong, right. Uh, right. and uh, things related to the ministry as well. But uh, Lord willing, we'll be here for some time. We already have been, and we hope to continue that for a few more months at least. Oh, that would be wonderful if you are. We could get to do a few things together. And uh, I would love you to come out to our uh, small group that we have here in Burlington. And as you know, this broadcast is is not only on Spotify, but here in the local Burlington area as well. And we'd like to hear from some of these folks. So I hope if you are hearing the broadcast on Spotify, friends, you could, you could uh, send a message to us. And I, I did give you our mailing address. Uh, maybe I'll have time to give you a mailing address later on before we leave the broadcast. Are you particularly, uh, are you sharing anything in particular in Hong Kong right now at your church? Are you teaching any particular subject? A few things uh, before I left and we'll resume when I return. 
Uh, I do some preaching and I do some teaching. And uh, right now the church is doing a whole series on systematic theology. Wow. And Good. so I'll be teaching in that when I return. And um, so it's, yeah, very fruitful and beneficial. Uh, and then on, on my own radio um, broadcast, an internet podcast, I'm working my way through Ro- the end of Romans chapter 8, mm-hmm. verses 28 through 30. So mm-hmm. I've been working hard on that. And then for Christmas coming up, forthcoming, I'll take a bit of a break and do something in Matthew chapter 2, and then go back there again to Romans in the new year. Oh, that'll be great. I'm glad you're preaching on uh, Romans 2. It's one of our, I don't know, I guess you'd, Romans is sort of like the spinal cord of the Bible, I think. Uh, it's a great book to read uh, and study and share with others. Can you quote that verse, by the way, in Romans 28, is it? Sure. No, Romans 8, yes, please. Romans 8, 28? Yes. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who have been called according to his purpose. Wonderful, wonderful passage. Um, love it. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I, I was looking at some material I got here and going over some of it. In the past, I did. And I just, by chance, just took it out of my suitcase here. Uh, here's another passage. It's from Hebrews 10 and verse 24. Let us continue to consider how to motivate one another to love and good deeds. Um, you know, maybe many people in this generation have grown to be more selfish than ever, self-centered, but we talk about love many times with the mouth, but in reality, are we really loving and looking to help people, and especially the way things are in the world right now? You know, real love doesn't come from man, does it? I mean, true love comes from our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave his life on a cruel, rugged cross. But with this love coming from God, it it comes to us as believers in Jesus so that we can share that same love with others. Um, because, you know, the, I remember an old song I used to hear years ago when I was much younger, I think. Uh, the song goes, what the world needs now is love. And that's so true and so basic more than ever. Uh, the world needs love. And, you know, Mark, knowing you as I do, Mark, uh, I think you feel like I do. What we want to do, we share the Bible. That's God's Word, and God has a message for us in the Bible. But wh- what kind of a heart do we have behind it? It's the heart of love. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus loves us, changed my life, as I'm sure he did yours as well. Uh, we want to share that with people. Uh, just want to give out God's love. It's so great. How can you not share God's love? Uh, when you have an opportunity, do it. And that's why I guess both of us love radio so much is because we can share love to many, many people. Um, you know, I thought once, Ron, you could comment on this. You, you, we go to a church and uh, we preach at a church and we know other preachers and churches and so forth and so on. But when you get on radio to share the gospel, that's what you call a church. I mean, that's a big church. Yes. You get thousands of people hearing you at one time. But And I'm sure you must kind of feel that way yourself. But what about God's love? You know, this, the world is in a tough place right now. It, it's really tough. Um, 
more than ever, we need to let people know. What do you think about that? you have ideas of fulfilling that kind of a calling in your life as a preacher? Yeah, well, the, uh, the Bible text that you quoted emphasizes this, speaks yeah. about motivating one another to love yeah. and good deeds. And good deeds. That's yeah, right. so it's, it's in everything we do, we express the love of God, that's whether right. we're in the process of forgiving somebody for their sin against us, or whether if it's uh, helping somebody who really sincerely needs our help, or whether it's praying for people. I think the love of God often comes through in our prayers as we intercede on behalf of those that need prayer for healing, physical, mental. There's a lot of mental illness in the world. Or people that need uh, have a specific request they want to bring before this God who loves them, and we intercede for them on their behalf. Mm-hmm. That's another way to practically love people. It's so true. It is very practical, too. And <clears throat> just think of it. Uh, this we're on. We're we're doing recording this broadcast now on this holiday week, Thanksgiving. We have so many things to thank God about. But what an opportunity to love people, and whenever we can, uh, people are hurting. Many people are hurting, and thank God for those who are not hurting about anything, mm-hmm. but are living a good life now. But there are many people who who need help, who who really need that love that we talk about and think about, and uh, it's 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 just amazing. We can't love everybody. It's isn't it amazing how many people, Pastor Frank, they don't they've never been loved. They don't really know even how to receive love because they've never had it in their lives. Yeah, maybe you could give me a little bit more to that. What do you mean about that? Well, you think about people's relationship, for example, to their moms and their dads, to their parents and in the house and the home as as a family. Uh, maybe their parents were present to them physically, but not spiritually, emotionally, mentally. That's right. Maybe one or more of their parents were never even there. Perhaps we speak at this hour to orphans. Um, Or perhaps we speak to people whose parents were physically present, but in every other way they were an orphan. And so they don't don't know how to be loved and how to receive love and therefore how to love somebody else and how how to pass along love to others. How to relate to it for their own life. Yeah. Yeah. I was brought up in a nice family. I know my mom and dad loved me, but I wasn't brought up in a Christian home. Mm. We didn't have religion in my family. Mm. Um, although my folks were fine and they were good, godly kind of people, and, and I loved them very much, but no, I wasn't taught things about the gospel. I didn't know anything at all about the Bible. Now when I look back on it, it's kind of sad in a way when you think of your youth living with parents and having friends and yet not really know the love of God because I didn't know the love of God. Uh, but finally I came to know Christ as, as my Savior, and it changed my whole life dramatically. And that's why I do what I do right now, uh, which is probably the case with you. Were you brought up in a Christian home? I was. Ah, oh, great. What an, uh, that was a real advantage, I suppose, for you at that time. When you came to know God, I brought up all of my children to know Christ as well. And they do, and, they, and they're good people. And thanks to God, He changed my life, and because of that, my family's life as well. And I believe my parents came around to know God before they left this world. And so I'm grateful for that as well. 
But to, to, to know the kind of world we're living in right now, Mark, more than ever, I think we need to know about God's love more than ever. And it's the very thing that touches people in an amazing, life-changing way. As you know, I worked in the prison ministry for a good number of years, and God's love worked in the prison. Many men came to know Christ in a personal way. When I was there in prison, I'd preach every week, did church business. Uh, in other words, I formed the church right inside the prison. And many prisoners came to know Christ as their Savior. And you know what it was? It was the love of God. That's what did it. And it has to be that way. When you look at the cross, if you want to know what God is all about, look at the cross and you'll see. <laughs> That's for sure. So, yeah, he changed my mood. You know, you must find an exciting experience as well, being on so many radio stations that people are in touch with you, they could write to you or email you, and and uh, you must hear some good stories from people who get in touch with you. And I know they get in touch with you because they love what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. Is there any one particular thing in mind uh, that you could share that might be meaningful to people hearing us today? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think a lot of people will listen and tune in because they really do want to know what the Bible has to say to them in their lives, and also in the society and the culture in which we live. That's right. Which really is a, a culture that largely hates God, mm. um, despises Him, doesn't only honor Him or ignores Him, but mm. actually actively and proactively hates Him. And oh, I, I know believers, true. those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, want, want to hear the Word of God. Yes. And they want it to speak into the situations in which they find themselves. And then, of course, people who God uh, sovereignly leads to listen to you, to me, to whoever, who share the Scripture, um, they want to know the truth. And they want to receive from God what God has for them. I mean, first John says God is love. That's he right. is love. That's right. So it is inherent into the nature and character of God to love. You're right. And right. Um, so we need to just be faithful to proclaim what God's word says, and then we leave the rest up to him. It's totally in his hands who listens, who doesn't, who comes along for a long time or for a short journey with us. And may God use his word to, uh, to change people's lives, as he has done for you and I. Yes, he certainly has. And we have witnessed many people having a changed life because they came to know Christ as their Savior. But what do we do with people who really refuse to listen to the message, the gospel message and the Bible? Uh, there are people who don't want to hear about it. Oh, there's a lot of people who don't want to hear about it. <laughs> That's right. And again, it used to be that it would be, I don't want to hear about it, and they'd sort of walk away. That's right. Now it feels to me, I don't want to hear about it, and I'm going to actually work proactively to ensure that nobody else hears about it either. And so there's mm -hmm. a very aggressive, I mean, I feel this in the United States, there's a very aggressive, antagonistic emotion to the gospel uh, to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to anything that has anything to do with the church and, quote-unquote, even religion. There's a hostility there, right? It's open now. Yes. That's what we're dealing with. So the society is radically changed from what it was even just a few years ago to what it is today. Oh, so true. It's so hard to imagine 
when you read about God's love as expressed in the Bible, um, how people don't want to know about it. It's, 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 it stymies me uh, how much God really, really and truly loves us. And yet when you kind of want to give that story out to people somehow in some way, many really would rather not hear about it. It's strange. It, I, I guess it proves that there's a spiritual war that's yes. going on. And uh, there's a lot of activity in the atmosphere where the devil and his angels do not want people to know about God's love and forgiveness and a new life. It's amazing when you think about it. And that, that's kind of sad. But what it does is it gives us more determination to share the gospel with people um, because they need to know about Many people need to know about God's love. You're listening to Grace Radio. This is Pastor Frank with Pastor Mark Swallow, all the way from Korea. Uh, from um, let's see, what's the name of that country you come from in Korea? Um, can't think. From of it. China and Hong Kong specifically. Hong Kong, that's it. Near North Korea, China is, but oh, okay, North different Korea. countries. Yeah, all right. <laughs> What a place to serve God. Do you find many people are open to the gospel in, 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 in Hong Kong? Yes, and uh, certainly in mainland China. Yeah, There's an openness there and in that part of the world that you do not have here in the United States. Oh, wow. I think it's because of the situation in which people find themselves, living under the heavy rule of communism, uh, where um, it, not so much in Hong Kong, but in mainland China, where to go to church is illegal. Right, and um, there's nothing that will really draw people more than persecution, uh, because what it does to the church is it it proves who's genuinely in love with Christ and wants to continue to serve Him, and who's not. Right. So it has a purifying effect on the church, and then it brings hmm. people to Christ in droves because He is truly our only hope. Right. He yeah. really is our only hope, and oh, um, for sure. And people, when people realize that, you know, they will be drawn towards Him. They get desperate enough in their circumstances. And I think God sovereignly does that and providentially does that. He makes us desperate enough in our circumstances so that we look to him. Wow, that's so true and that's so good. And so oh, it's a wonderful thing to think about, how God loves us that way so much. He changes lives, and, and, and it's just a, a miracle right in front of us, and many people just don't see it. How Jesus, how God loves people. Wherever people are, he's there. God is there. You know, we're living in a world where we need to know God's love because everything is upside down now. And, you know, one thing that I find very interesting is that there's no absolute truth in our culture here in this country, Mark, and it's probably the same where you are as well. Politicians, um, they say things, they fail, and, and they lie with promises. And in the media, uh, personalities tell you what's up, and others tell you what's down, and dark is light, and so forth. Uh, scientists make outlandish claims uh, about some things, although science, I have found, has also revealed some amazing truth some things we haven't heard about before. 
Um, in fact, Stephen Myers, Mark, I don't know what he, how familiar you might be. He's uh, probably the most well-known scientist now in the science world, and he found with irrefutable evidence that the world was created and it has caused a great division among science people who want to follow Darwinism. Mm. But there are scientists now who have found out that there is a God, and many of them have turned from atheism to, to God and to Christianity. And it's, it's an exciting story. I was brought up to date with that somewhat with my son. My oldest son is an engineer, and he's very scientific-minded. He, he just enjoys it, and and he shared that truth with me. And I've heard some of Steve Stephen Meyer speak about that, and he wrote a book, and it can be bought uh, in the bookstores, like Barnes and Naval uh, and others. But that's another thing of what's going on, even though there's so much negative negative things going on around us and in the world, God is showing himself to us more and more. Uh, yes, he did create the world just like the Bible says. No, we didn't evolve from animals. No, we did not. And so Darwinism now is, is kind of fading away. And it might be slow because some people would rather not let go of it, but the fact is, yes, we were created and uh, his name, I'm sure, from the Bible, is Jesus Christ. And it, it's, it's uh, mind-boggling to try and keep up with everything, but it's the truth. We have a creator. God is alive and well, and God is a person. He's not a religious book. He's a person. We have the Holy Spirit who teaches us more and more about Jesus our Savior. So it's a good thing to get acquainted with. If you happen to be listening today, you want to find out about the world being created, uh, look up a science channel on your television or computer, that is, and uh, you'll find out that, yes, you came from a God who loves you very much. He designed you and made you to be who you are. But we're running out of time already. But I, I should say this, if you're going to be around for a while, if you've got some free time now and then, we could get you back here on the broadcast and maybe you could share a devotional with us or whatever you have in your heart about God's love for us. Uh, would you be willing to come back sometime? If yeah, 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 I think uh, I could definitely do that. I want to thank you for having me, too. Oh, yeah, it'll be great to have you. I know people would like to hear from you and you could share things about your uh, ministry, what it's like for you, perhaps in, uh, what's the name of that country again? Hong Kong, China. Hong Kong, China. That's yeah. it. See, I have memory loss now in my old age. <laughs> but um, what we want you to do, friends, is this. We want you to open up your heart to God's love. He does love you. We don't have time to be sharing much more about that, except to say, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for you because, among many things, he died for the reason of love. He, God so loved the world. So Jesus came in love to pay the price for your sin and for the sins of the whole world, the Bible teaches us. So, yes, he gave his life for you so that you could have a new life 
in him. We want you to accept Christ as your Savior. We want you to be in touch with us so that we could answer any questions or receive your letter. We'll be praying for you. Uh, but we'll, we're going to close now with a short prayer. Maybe uh, Pastor Mark here would uh, give a little prayer, inviting you, encouraging you all the more to accept Christ as your Savior today. God, we thank you for your love for us and for everyone who lives. We thank you for this person listening right now, wherever they may be, however they're listening, and we ask that you will draw them to the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one whose birthday we shall soon celebrate, born man and yet fully God, come into the world on mission to die for our sins and then to be resurrected from the grave on the third day and to live forevermore. We thank you that if we will trust in you by faith alone, then you will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from them and we will have life everlasting with you, and that we too will be resurrected from the dead at the appointed time that you have chosen. So thank you for this time together. Thank you for Pastor Frank and this ministry. We pray your blessing upon it and all who listen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Mark. We look forward to you coming back to be with us. And friends, if you're hearing, you know you can get in touch with us now. Send us a message here where you're hearing us, and thank you and be listening. Come back again as soon as you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Goodbye, folks. Have a great Thanksgiving. Well, hello, friends. This is Pastor Frank. I'm so glad you came by. I hope you'll stay for a while. I'd like to share some things with you that hopefully will encourage you greatly, as it encourages me. You know, when you hear this broadcast, I'm quite sure the Easter season might have already gone by. But there are so many good things to share at this time of year. As a matter of fact, I think my favorite holiday is the Easter time season as we talk about God's love, the resurrection of our Savior, and the seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. That's something we think about oftentimes on this time of year or this holiday. The seven last sayings of Jesus. I'd like to talk a little bit about that today and, and see what you think about it. Now, maybe on a good Friday, maybe at a church meeting you have or time with other true believers as Christians, they may like to talk about the seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. It means so much to me. As a matter of fact, I think the Easter season is probably my favorite holiday. I know how much Christmas is important to all of us, but the Easter season is important to me because I have a tendency at these, this season of the year to think so much about God's love and what Jesus did on the cross for us. Jesus is the Son of God, as you know. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But God the Son came into this world because he wanted to go to a cross. 
Now, that would surprise someone, I suppose, saying that, but it's true. He came with a purpose. Jesus said he came into this world to lay down his life. For who? For sinners everywhere. And so he has a message of love, grace, and mercy. So I'd like to ask you to pay attention. Let's listen to listen to me about the steps. Step number one, Jesus is on the cross. He's been rejected by society. He's been rejected by the Romans, by the Jewish people. And when you come right down to it, he was rejected by all of us. You see, we're all sinners by nature. And by nature, we have a tendency to reject the God who loves us. And Jesus was rejected at that time, even though he did wonderful miracles and he shared his love for us and for the world, and yet he was rejected over and over again. And even today, in this day and age, we have the Bible, we have our churches, and yet there are many folks who would rather know and give their life, rather not know and give their life to Jesus. Let's look at this saying number one. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, there's a couple of different opinions about what Jesus really meant there. But one thing I know is this. When I was without Jesus and I lived in the world for 30 years before I became a Christian, I really didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. I didn't know that I was against God, against the cross, and against Jesus and all that he did for me. But my sin proved that I was not on God's side. But why did Jesus come? He came to forgive sinners like me and how much he loves people and how much he wants to forgive people that have done wrong against God and against humanity. He loves all of us, and he's very willing to forgive anyone who would come to him. You know, I have a, a personal encounter or personal experiences about that because I worked in a prison system for many years. I was in prison for 13 years. But it wasn't because I committed a crime. I was there to share this good message of God's love, forgiveness, and grace with those who would listen. And literally, I witnessed miracles of how the gospel of Jesus Christ changed lives in a dramatic way. You know, some people get the wrong idea about these things in prison, but let me tell you, it's, it's not a jailhouse religion. It's something that God uses greatly to reach people with his love. I remember times I would be sharing messages in a chapel service in the prison, and there were times that have anywhere from 100 to 200 men come into the chapel, and I would open the Bible, and I would share the message of God's love and forgiveness for those who would listen. And unbelievably, because of the miracle of God, many men would come forward, lift their hands, pray outwardly, and ask Jesus to forgive them for all of their sin. 
And many men did that. I know some men may just go through motions and not really mean it, but I know personally that many have done so. And some of those men are friends now to me. I hear from them. I still get letters from men in the prisons here in New England because my radio broadcast is all the way into Maine. And uh, people write to me and people call me. And people in prison do that as well. Many with changed lives, and I know many of them men. Many of those men I know personally, as I, as I said a moment ago. I know what God can do in people's lives. I've experienced it. And I want you to know that he can do things in your life, whether you accept it and believe it or not. God loves you. He wants you to pray. And when Jesus gave this saying on the cross, Father, forgive them, how much so he was willing to forgive you. Reach out to him. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. I know it's a sad thing when many people today don't think they need God's forgiveness. And some people have the excuse, well, I belong to a religion. I was brought up to be a good Catholic, a good Protestant, or whatever they believed in. And they thought that was enough to find their way to heaven. But friends, let me tell you, that's not good enough. No, it has to be a personal faith in a personal God who loved you in a personal way and gave his life for you on a cross. Now, you've heard the gospel, hopefully. I hope you have. And you know what they say, the gospel in a nutshell is John 3 and verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I know many people may be familiar with John 3:16. Many times you may go to a ball game and People are holding up signs, and that's all it says. It says John 3.16. Someone is trying to remind everyone around him that Jesus loves him or her, and God hasn't changed. Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And for those folks who turn their heart over to him, finding forgiveness and a new beginning in life, a person's life can change even dramatically. Now, I know many folks do not realize those, those things. Some people may not tend to be religious at all, and many people may not believe the Bible at all, and, but some people may go to church anyway, even though they may not truly believe in Jesus Christ who loves them personally and gave his life personally on the cross for both you and me. I remember many years ago when I became a Christian, I wasn't especially a Bible believer. I certainly wasn't religious. I thought there were so many religious people could do whatever they wanted to do and believe whatever they wanted to believe. I thought that was good enough. Now, there's a term for people like that. It's called agnostic. I was agnostic, which means I didn't really believe in God, but I believed in God enough to know that there was one, but I wasn't godly either. I would sometimes go to a church service somewhere, but I didn't know Jesus Christ in a personal way. But there came a time in my life, I was about 30 years old, 
when someone shared with me something in the Bible, a very simple parable that Jesus gave. It was about a good shepherd, and it was about a good shepherd who had 100 sheep, and a good shepherd takes care of the sheep. But on this one occasion, one of the sheep went astray. It got lost, so to speak. So the good shepherd decided to leave 99 sheep in a good place, safe place, and the good shepherd went out into the wilderness to find the one that was lost. So the good shepherd did that. Out in the wilderness, he was looking for lost sheep. And it was the Holy Spirit of God, just like the Bible talks about, who convicted me as I heard this story. How the good shepherd found the lost sheep, picked him up, put him over his shoulders, and carried that lost sheep home where he belonged. As I heard that story, I was so convicted. I was that lost sheep. I heard the story. I was convicted about it. I began to think about God, got into the Bible, and I started to go to a church, and I began to hear messages. I got very hungry for the Bible. I started to read the Bible, and the more I got into the Word of God, the more God changed my heart. What a love story. I often think of the Bible as the greatest love story that's ever been written because it's about God who came into the world as a man. You see, Jesus is God-man, both. That's what the Bible clearly teaches. And if you're a Catholic or a Protestant, you probably are aware of that. Jesus is God-man. And when he was here on the earth, he was representing God the Father. He loved people. He did miracles. He spoke the truth. There wasn't anything that he couldn't do right because he was right. And he spoke for God the Father. Now, you might say, I don't understand all of that. I don't understand. How can God be a man at the same time? And what about the Holy Spirit? And that's what we call the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. You know, no one can really explain it. It can't really be fully understood. But there's no question about it. You do learn it. As you read the Bible, you find it out. There is God the Father, and the Bible teaches that Jesus is God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit as well. God the Holy Spirit teaches us things about Jesus and about God. So it's so important to understand the Trinity in a way where it will bless you and encourage you, even though you can't fully understand how God could be in three persons. But it's what the Bible teaches, and I won't argue with God about that one because I've experienced it as well. Take God in a personal way, won't you? You know why? Because Jesus died for you personally on the cross. He knows you by name. He knows when you were born. He knows about your life now. He knows about what you do and what you don't do. We cannot escape the seeing eye of God who loves us and knows all about us. And when it comes to prayer, I don't know if you pray or, you pray or not. Some people who don't even know about God have an instinct to pray because God made us that way. 
we we have a, a, an inner sense of feeling that I should pray to God. Sometimes it might be only when we get in trouble. But the point is, you can pray, and God will hear your prayer. Why would he hear your prayer? Because he knows when you want to know him. When you want to know Jesus, he's right there for you. He'll listen to you. You could talk to God about anything, anything at all. You don't have to be a holier than thou. All you have to do is come to God and be honest. God changed my life dramatically. You don't know the way I lived. I didn't become a Christian until I was 30 years old. Although I was somewhat religious, I wasn't really religious. But when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I learned in a hurry that all I had to do was talk to Jesus as my very best friend, because he is. And it's Jesus himself who says to those who believe him, like me, that he is my friend. I can call upon him at any time. And you know, when you pray, you can talk to God about anything that's on your mind. You see, prayer is talking to God. It's not just reciting words out of a hymnal or some religious book of some kind. No, religion is more than that. Being religious is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. You know, the Bible talks about praying to God as being a secret place. Maybe you remember somewhere in the Bible where the Bible says when you want to pray, go into your closet. Pray to me in secret, and I will answer you. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what Jesus tells us. You can do that. You can come to him anytime, place. But when you come to him, and if this is all new to you, and you decide you'd like to have a conversation with God, be humble about it. You go before God, and you say, God, I've sinned against you. I know I've sinned against others. I know I'm a sinner. Now, that's being honest because we all are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But think of that. I'm not better than you are. Some people call me pastor, minister, and all those kinds of things. But I'm a sinner like you. But I'm a forgiven sinner. And Jesus said, and the Bible says, now I'm a child of God because I put my faith in a Savior who died for me on a cross who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, yes, friends, without knowing Jesus, I had a very sinful life. But wow, was he good to me. He forgave me, gave me a new life, and he's given me a hunger to know him better. He's with us. And, you know, I'd like to just stop for a moment. I mean, I'd like to change the subject just for a minute. Because... It's no secret that we're living in a world right now that's in big trouble. And we've gone through a lot right here in our own, in our own neighborhood. People we know who have had this virus problem and some have been very sick and some have passed away. It's a terrible time. It's been a terrible time. And all things, all things right now might seem to be getting better. Maybe it is. But the point is, people are afraid. People are just filled with anxiety, not knowing what comes next. Some people think, 
we're coming to the end of the world. Some people express to me that Jesus is coming back soon. You know, there are many things about what people think that may be true to one extent or another. But let me say this to you. You don't have to be afraid if you know Jesus as your Savior. Here's something here. I have a Bible verse I was looking earlier this morning. It's something Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said to us as believers, he said that in the world you shall have many tribulations. But he said, have no fear because I have overcome the world. So Jesus has overcome the world for you and for me who truly believe in him. That's why it's so important for me to share the gospel. It's sad sometimes that even some of the churches don't share a gospel. They may share nice things. They may pray religious prayers. They may be empty prayers many times. Many times they're very good prayers. But many times, many people really don't understand what it's all about. You see, Jesus came into the world not to give us a religion, but to give us a personal relationship with him. I'm not against religion at all. I'm just saying religion is people's way of trying to reach up to God by their own personal goodness or personal righteousness. But that doesn't bring you to God, no. You can try to be the nicest person in the whole world, but you probably know the term original sin. Well, it's true. We've all been born with a sinful nature, and the only one that can forgive us and secure us and make us right with him is when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. When I came to know the message about the Good Shepherd and how I was a lost sheep that the Good Shepherd had to come and get and save, my life changed so much. And it was simply because I knew what a sinner I was, and I knew that I needed God's forgiveness, and I knew that man's religion couldn't do anything for me, but I knew that Jesus could. And Jesus said these things in the Bible, and you could read about these things yourself. I'm not saying anything to you that's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. I could show it to you if you were right here with me. Jesus loves you enough. Jesus said, listen to this passage in the Bible. It's such a good one, I think. Jesus said, I have not come into the world to save the righteous, but I have come to give my life for sinners. What do you think about that? Did Jesus come to save good people on the cross? No, because all good people are sinners. And on a human point of view, we think of ourselves that way. We think we're good people or bad people. We think someone's a good guy or a good girl. And there are good people and there are good girls, depending on our human viewpoint. But from God's point of view, point, as much as he loves us and cares about us, he knows that we need his forgiveness because we've all sinned. Now, that's not my idea either. I wanted you to say, I wanted you to know, I mean, that what I am saying to you is what the Word of God tells us. If you look at the book of Romans, one of the favorite epistles in the New Testament, 
In chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know what that tells me? It tells me this. I could never be good enough to make it to heaven on my own. You know, later on, hopefully in a future broadcast, we'll be coming up any day in the future, I'll be talking about the, remember the thief on the cross when Jesus spoke those seven sayings? Well, the thief on the cross said this, Lord, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And you know, that thief's heart was really right. Somehow he came to know that Jesus was on the cross for him to pay for his sins. So all he did was, Lord, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? You know what Jesus said. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. I think of it often because many times speaking to men in prison, and many men give up on their lives, and they feel they've been such sinners they don't have a chance with God. But that's not true. Jesus came to save sinners. So you have to be a good You want to get to heaven, you have to be a saved sinner. Just like the dying thief. He didn't have time to get baptized. As a matter of fact, he was nailed to a cross. He couldn't join a religion, so he couldn't get saved and get right with God that way. He couldn't live by the good commandments. He didn't have time to do any of those things. It just couldn't make, he, he said, he could have said, I haven't been baptized. Well, baptized won't do it either. But your faith and prayer and accepting Jesus Christ as Savior is where you find a brand new relationship with God and God's forgiveness. It's amazing. You talk about God's love. I know some of, our, some of us question God's love because of all the problems we have on the earth. There's a Bible verse where Jesus said this. Jesus said this to everyone. He said, in the world you shall have tribulations, but have no fear, Jesus said, because I have overcome the world. How has he overcome the world? He's provided a place in heaven. He's provided forgiveness for all those who reach out to him. And listen to this. It is all a free gift from God. Anyone may come to God acknowledging they need forgiveness for this sinful life. Do you know, have you ever thought about this? You check the many religions that are in the world. Every religion would like us to know that you have to do something to get to heaven. It's only true Christianity that proves that no one can do anything to get to heaven, but only believe. It's faith in what Jesus did for you and for me at the cross. What a message of God's love. It's a message of the love of God. He couldn't have done any more for us. You say, I don't know if God loves me. Everything goes wrong. Nothing's been going right. I guess God doesn't love me. Well, I've only got a minute left to share with you this fact, that God does love you, and he proved it. How did he prove it? Think of this for a minute. God was willing to become a man, and he did. He came into the world. Every true religion, Catholic religion, 
a true Protestant religion that believes in Christ and the Bible will prove it as you read the Word of God. God loved you so much he became a man, and what was his purpose in coming? To be nailed to a cross. That's what Good Friday is all about. Why was he nailed to a cross? To pay for my sins and your sins. He was judged for our sins in your place and in my place. And he offers the gift of forgiveness and salvation if you reach out to him. Pray right now, won't you? And and accept Christ as your Savior. Be in touch with me. I hope you write to me. You can write to Pastor Frank, P.O. Box 2003, Woburn, Mass., 01888. Look for me next time. I thank Chris, who's with me, has really helped produce this broadcast. See you. I'll hear from you soon, I hope. God bless. Friends, this is Pastor Frank. I'm so glad you came by. I hope you'll stay for a while. I'd like to share some things with you that hopefully will encourage you greatly, as it encourages me. You know, when you hear this broadcast, I'm quite sure the Easter season might have already gone by. But there are so many good things to share at this time of year. As a matter of fact, I think my favorite holiday is the Easter time season as we talk about God's love, the resurrection of our Savior, and the seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. That's something we think about oftentimes on this time of year or this holiday. The seven last sayings of Jesus. I'd like to talk a little bit about that today and and see what you think about it. Now, maybe on a Good Friday, maybe at a church meeting you have, or time with other true believers as Christians, they may like to talk about the seven last sayings of Jesus on the cross. It means so much to me. As a matter of fact, I think the Easter season is probably my favorite holiday. I know how much Christmas is important to all of us, But the Easter season is important to me because I have a tendency at this season of the year to think so much about God's love and what Jesus did on the cross for us. Jesus is the Son of God, as you know. So we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But God the Son came into this world because he wanted to go to a cross. Now, that would surprise someone, I suppose, saying that, but it's true. He came with a purpose. Jesus said he came into this world to lay down his life. For who? For sinners everywhere. And so he has a message of love, grace, and mercy. So I'd like to ask you to pay attention. Let's listen to listen to me about the steps. Step number one, Jesus is on the cross. He's been rejected by society. 
He's been rejected by the Romans, by the Jewish people, and when you come right down to it, he was rejected by all of us. You see, we're all sinners by nature, and by nature we have a tendency to reject the God who loves us. And Jesus was rejected at that time, even though he did wonderful miracles and he shared his love for us and for the world, and yet he was rejected over and over again. And even today, in this day and age, we have the Bible, we have our churches, and yet there are many folks who would rather know and give their life, rather not know and give their life to Jesus. Let's look at this saying number one. Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Now, there's a couple of different opinions about what Jesus really meant there. But one thing I know is this. When I was without Jesus and I lived in the world for 30 years before I became a Christian, I really didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. I didn't know that I was against God, against the cross, and against Jesus and all that he did for me. But my sin proved that I was not on God's side. But why did Jesus come? He came to forgive sinners like me. And how much he loves people and how much he wants to forgive people that have done wrong against God and against humanity. He loves us, all of us. And he's very willing to forgive anyone who would come to him. You know, I have a, a personal encounter or personal experiences about that because I worked in a prison system for many years. I was in prison for 13 years, but it wasn't because I committed a crime. I was there to share this good message of God's love, forgiveness, and grace with those who would listen. And literally, I witnessed miracles of how the gospel of Jesus Christ changed lives in a dramatic way. You know, some people get the wrong idea about these things in prison, but let me tell you, it's, it's not a jailhouse religion. It's something that God uses greatly to reach people with his love. I remember times I would be sharing messages in a chapel service in the prison. And there were times that have anywhere from 100 to 200 men come into the chapel, and I would open the Bible, and I would share the message of God's love and forgiveness for those who would listen. And unbelievably, because of the miracle of God, many men would come forward, lift their hands, pray outwardly, and ask Jesus to forgive them for all of their sin. And many men did that. I know some men may just go through motions and not really mean it, but I know personally that many have done so. And some of those men are friends now to me. I hear from them. I still get letters from men in the prisons here in New England because my radio broadcast is all the way into Maine. And uh, people write to me and people call me. And people in prison do that as well. Many with changed lives, and I know many of them men, many of those men I know personally as a 
as I said a moment ago. I know what God can do in people's lives. I've experienced it. And I want you to know that he can do things in your life, whether you accept it and believe it or not, God loves you. He wants you to pray. And when Jesus gave this saying on the cross, Father, forgive them, how much so he was willing to forgive you. Reach out to him. He loves you. He wants to forgive you. I know it's a sad thing when many people today don't think they need God's forgiveness. And some people have the excuse, well, I belong to a religion. I was brought up to be a good Catholic, a good Protestant, or whatever they believed in. And they thought that was enough to find their way to heaven. But friends, let me tell you, that's not good enough. No, it has to be a personal faith in a personal God who loved you in a personal way and gave his life for you on a cross. Now, you've heard the gospel, hopefully. I hope you have. And you know what they say, the gospel in a nutshell is John 3 and verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I know many people may be familiar with John 3:16. Many times you may go to a ball game and People are holding up signs, and that's all it says. It says John 3.16. Someone is trying to remind everyone around him that Jesus loves him or her, and God hasn't changed. Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And for those folks who turn their heart over to him, finding forgiveness and a new beginning in life, a person's life can change even dramatically. Now, I know many folks do not realize those, those things. Some people may not tend to be religious at all, and many people may not believe the Bible at all, And but some people may go to church anyway, even though they may not truly believe in Jesus Christ who loves them personally and gave his life personally on the cross for both you and me. I remember many years ago when I became a Christian, I wasn't especially a Bible believer. I certainly wasn't religious. I thought there were so many religious people could do whatever they wanted to do and believe whatever they wanted to believe. I thought that was good enough. Now, there's a term for people like that. It's called agnostic. I was agnostic, which means I didn't really believe in God, but I believed in God enough to know that there was one, but I wasn't godly either. I would sometimes go to a church service somewhere, but I didn't know Jesus Christ in a personal way. But there came a time in my life, I was about 30 years old, when someone shared with me something in the Bible, a very simple parable that Jesus gave. It was about a good shepherd. And it was about a good shepherd who had 100 sheep. And a good shepherd takes care of the sheep. But on this one occasion, one of the sheep went astray. It got lost, so to speak. So the good shepherd decided to leave 99 sheep in a good place, safe place. And the good shepherd went out into the wilderness to find the one that was lost. 
So the good shepherd did that. Out in the wilderness, he was looking for lost sheep. And it was the Holy Spirit of God, just like the Bible talks about, who convicted me as I heard this story. How the good shepherd found the lost sheep, picked him up, put him over his shoulders, and carried that lost sheep home where he belonged. As I heard that story, I was so convicted. I was that lost sheep. I heard the story. I was convicted about it. I began to think about God, got into the Bible, and I started to go to a church, and I began to hear messages. I got very hungry for the Bible. I started to read the Bible, and the more I got into the Word of God, the more God changed my heart. What a love story. I often think of the Bible as the greatest love story that's ever been written because it's about God who came into the world as a man. You see, Jesus is God-man, both. That's what the Bible clearly teaches. And if you're a Catholic or a Protestant, you probably are aware of that. Jesus is God-man. And when he was here on the earth, he was representing God the Father. He loved people. He did miracles. He spoke the truth. There wasn't anything that he couldn't do right because he was right. And he spoke for God the Father. Now, you might say, I don't understand all of that. I don't understand. How can God be a man at the same time? And what about the Holy Spirit? And that's what we call the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. You know, no one can really explain it. It can't really be fully understood. But there's no question about it. You do learn it. As you read the Bible, you find it out. There is God the Father, and the Bible teaches that Jesus is God the Son, and then the Holy Spirit as well. God the Holy Spirit teaches us things about Jesus and about God. So it's so important to understand the Trinity in a way where it will bless you and encourage you, even though you can't fully understand how God could be in three persons. But it's what the Bible teaches, and I won't argue with God about that one because I've experienced it as well. Take God in a personal way, won't you? You know why? Because Jesus died for you personally on the cross. He knows you by name. He knows when you were born. He knows about your life now. He knows about what you do and what you don't do. We cannot escape the seeing eye of God who loves us and knows all about us. And when it comes to prayer, I don't know if you pray or, you pray or not. Some people who don't even know about God have an instinct to pray because God made us that way. We, we have a, a, an inner sense of feeling that I should pray to God. Sometimes it might be only when we get in trouble. But the point is, you can pray, and God will hear your prayer. Why would he hear your prayer? Because he knows when you want to know him. When you want to know Jesus, he's right there for you. He'll listen to you. You can talk to God about anything, anything at all. You don't have to be a holier than thou. All you have to do is come to God and be honest. And God changed my life dramatically.
you don't know the way I lived. I didn't become a Christian until I was 30 years old. Although I was somewhat religious, I wasn't really religious. But when I accepted Christ as my Savior, I learned in a hurry that all I had to do was talk to Jesus as my very best friend, because he is. And it's Jesus himself who says to those who believe him, like me, that he is my friend. I can call upon him at any time. And you know, when you pray, you can talk to God about anything that's on your mind. You see, prayer is talking to God. It's not just reciting words out of a hymnal or some religious book of some kind. No, religion is more than that. Being religious is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God. You know, the Bible talks about praying to God as being a secret place. Maybe you remember somewhere in the Bible where the Bible says when you want to pray, go into your closet. Pray to me in secret, and I will answer you. That's what the Bible tells us. That's what Jesus tells us. You can do that. You can come to him anytime, place. But when you come to him, and if this is all new to you, and you decide you'd like to have a conversation with God, be humble about it. You go before God, and you say, God, I've sinned against you. I know I've sinned against others. I know I'm a sinner. Now, that's being honest because we all are sinners. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But think of that. I'm not better than you are. Some people call me pastor, minister, and all those kinds of things. But I'm a sinner like you. But I'm a forgiven sinner. And Jesus said, and the Bible says, now I'm a child of God because I put my faith in a Savior who died for me on a cross who said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Oh, yes, friends, without knowing Jesus, I had a very sinful life. But wow, was he good to me. He forgave me, gave me a new life, and he's given me a hunger to know him better. He's with us. And, you know, I'd like to just stop for a moment. I mean, I'd like to change the subject just for a minute. Because... It's no secret that we're living in a world right now that's in big trouble. And we've gone through a lot right here in our own in our own neighborhood. People we know who have had this virus problem and some have been very sick and some have passed away. It's a terrible time. It's been a terrible time. And all things all things right now might seem to be getting better. Maybe it is. But the point is, people are afraid. People are just filled with anxiety, not knowing what comes next. Some people think we're coming to the end of the world. Some people express to me that Jesus is coming back soon. You know, there are many things about what people think that may be true to one extent or another. But let me say this to you. You don't have to be afraid if you know Jesus as your Savior. Here's something here. I have a Bible verse I was looking earlier this morning. It's something Jesus said in the Gospel of John. He said to us as believers, he said that in the world you shall have many tribulations. But he said, have no fear because I have overcome the world. 
So Jesus has overcome the world for you and for me who truly believe in him. That's why it's so important for me to share the gospel. It's sad sometimes that even some of the churches don't share a gospel. They may share nice things. They may pray religious prayers. They may be empty prayers many times. Many times they're very good prayers. But many times, many people really don't understand what it's all about. You see, Jesus came into the world not to give us a religion, but to give us a personal relationship with him. I'm not against religion at all. I'm just saying religion is people's way of trying to reach up to God by their own personal goodness or personal righteousness. But that doesn't bring you to God, no. You can try to be the nicest person in the whole world, but you probably know the term original sin. Well, it's true. We've all been born with a sinful nature, and the only one that can forgive us and secure us and make us right with him is when we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Savior. When I came to know the message about the Good Shepherd and how I was a lost sheep that the Good Shepherd had to come and get and save, my life changed so much. And it was simply because I knew what a sinner I was, and I knew that I needed God's forgiveness, and I knew that man's religion couldn't do anything for me, but I knew that Jesus could. And Jesus said these things in the Bible, and you could read about these things yourself. I'm not saying anything to you that's not in the Bible. It is in the Bible. I could show it to you if you were right here with me. Jesus loves you enough. Jesus said, listen to this passage in the Bible. It's such a good one, I think. Jesus said, I have not come into the world to save the righteous, but I have come to give my life for sinners. What do you think about that? Did Jesus come to save good people on the cross? No, because all good people are sinners. And on a human point of view, we think of ourselves that way. We think we're good people or bad people. We think someone's a good guy or a good girl. And there are good people and there are good girls, depending on our human viewpoint. But from God's point of view point, as much as he loves us and cares about us, he knows that we need his forgiveness because we've all sinned. Now, that's not my idea either. I wanted you to say, I wanted you to know, I mean, that what I am saying to you is what the Word of God tells us. If you look at the book of Romans, one of the favorite epistles in the New Testament, in chapter 3, verse 23, the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know what that tells me? It tells me this. I could never be good enough to make it to heaven on my own. You know, later on, hopefully in a future broadcast, we'll be coming up any day in the future, I'll be talking about the, remember the thief on the cross when Jesus spoke those seven sayings? Well, the thief on the cross said this, Lord, remember me when you go into your kingdom. And you know, that thief's heart was really right 
somehow he came to know that Jesus was on the cross for him to pay for his sins. So all he did was, Lord, will you remember me when you go into your kingdom? You know what Jesus said. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. I think of it often because many times speaking to men in prison, and many men give up on their lives, and they feel they've been such sinners they don't have a chance with God. But that's not true. Jesus came to save sinners. So you have to be a good—you want to get to heaven, you have to be a saved sinner. Just like the dying thief. He didn't have time to get baptized. As a matter of fact, he was nailed to a cross. He couldn't join a religion, so he couldn't get saved and get right with God that way. He couldn't live by the good commandments. He didn't have time to do any of those things. It just couldn't make—he said—he could have said, I haven't been baptized. Well, baptized won't do it either. But your faith and prayer and accepting Jesus Christ as Savior— is where you find a brand new relationship with God and God's forgiveness. It's amazing. You talk about God's love. I know some of, our, some of us question God's love because of all the problems we have on the earth. There's a Bible verse where Jesus said this. Jesus said this to everyone. He said, in the world you shall have tribulations, but have no fear, Jesus said because I have overcome the world. How has he overcome the world? He's provided a place in heaven. He's provided forgiveness for all those who reach out to him. And listen to this, it is all a free gift from God. Anyone may come to God acknowledging they need forgiveness for this sinful life. Do you know, have you ever thought about this? You check the many religions that are in the world. Every religion would like us to know that you have to do something to get to heaven. It's only true Christianity that proves that no one can do anything to get to heaven, but only believe. It's faith in what Jesus did for you and for me at the cross. What a message of God's love. It's a message of the love of God. He couldn't have done any more for us. You say, I don't know if God loves me. Everything goes wrong. Nothing's been going right. I guess God doesn't love me. Well, I've only got a minute left to share with you this fact, that God does love you, and he proved it. How did he prove it? Think of this for a minute. God was willing to become a man, and he did. He came into the world. Every true religion, Catholic religion, a true Protestant religion that believes in Christ and the Bible, will prove it as you read the Word of God. God loved you so much, he became a man, and what was his purpose in coming? To be nailed to a cross. That's what Good Friday is all about. Why was he nailed to a cross? To pay for my sins and your sins. He was judged for our sins in your place and in my place. And he offers the gift of forgiveness and salvation if you reach out to him. Pray right now, won't you? And, and accept Christ as your Savior. Be in touch with me. I hope you write to me. You can write to Pastor Frank, P.O. Box 2 
1-800-333-0003, Woburn, Mass., 01888. Look for me next time. I thank Chris, who's with me, has really helped produce this broadcast. See you. I'll hear from you soon, I hope. God bless.